0: From Duck Creek Technologies, it's Conversations on the Creek, the podcast series where we interview our partners about how the latest technology in insure tech is transforming the P&C insurance industry. I'm Rob Savitsky from the Duck Creek product marketing team. And I'm Zach May from
1: the Duck Creek solution partner
0: team. And in today's episode, it's just me and Zach. We are actually not going to be joined by one of our partners today. Instead, we are here to spend some time reflecting on some of the highlights and takeaways from these initial episodes of the show. It's been quite the journey and just so excited to spend a few minutes here with you today, Zach, to talk about where we've been before we talk about where we're going in the future.
1: Yeah, thanks, Rob. And I mean, I agree. It's been an awesome series to participate on so far. Um, Really been great to see how this series has evolved from kind of starting just being available kind of behind the firewall on our website now to being completely open and accessible on all the major podcast channels you know Apple podcasts, Spotify and Google podcasts. I think uh, Rob, I think it's fair to say we're, we're gonna be going viral soon enough.
0: Huh. Oh yeah well uh, definitely uh, hopefully within the uh, the insure tech space for sure absolutely. So uh, so with that let's uh, let's actually get into some of the content of what we're here to reflect on today And so, Let's go back uh, to your episode, our episode with Gradient AI. Zach, what's one of the key takeaways you have from that episode? Sure. I'd love to talk about that one. Yeah. So I I think in
1: general, for one, I find the Gradient AI story a very interesting one um, because it does share some some pretty similar uh, aspects to Duck Creek's own corporate journey, Um, whereas you know, Gradient AI actually started... As just a software unit operating within a larger consulting firm, they were operating within within Milliman Consulting, and they were able to kind of incubate within there, get access to lots of great client engagement data, and that was a huge benefit for them. Just as Duck Creek um, spent spent a short time with within Accenture Consulting, you know, very large global services company, where we were able to just really help further mature our business and operations. Um, got us more into some very large carriers with that as well and I think gave us a lot of perks that we might not have had before. Um, so that's one thing. I think another, um, and just really a point that resonated with me within that episode specifically that, that Stan Smith, great AI CEO, talked about was um, just how you know predictive analytics are, are not there to be a replacement for human talent in the insurance industry, um, you know, they're, it's not meant to come in and replace how, you know, replace claims departments or claims adjusters, um, jobs in general, but rather to come in and, and help improve the, how claims adjusters and how a claims department actually can increase their efficiencies and how they operate, you know, things like maybe catching the potential for, um, an expensive medical claim very early on, which can save a lot of time and money in the end, um. And so I think you know there, there can sometimes be this notion of artificial intelligence and predictive analytics are, are really just going to take over the world one day and and someday run all aspects of our lives. But I think really on that episode, Stan did help disprove that concept, um, at least within insurance during our great conversation with him.
0: Absolutely. And I think it's definitely a thing we've heard a lot on on the show and in customer conversations that we've had. You know, there's a lot of uh, very high value work that underwriters and, and uh, claims adjusters have to do and really, you know, be able to take off the, the work of just pulling together the data, producing those analytics in the first place, uh, giving them the ability to just have that and enable them is really going to help drive their decision making and, and help them make smarter decisions. Because, yeah, like you said, I think automation... There, there are a lot of things that you you don't necessarily want to automate, and so um, I think it's really giving them that ability to uh, to think and make smarter decisions. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. so um, so rob, if 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 we were to you know go back and reflect on um, some of our other episodes and maybe maybe actually even episodes that that Robert and Peter, uh, your other co-hosts and members of my team, participated on um are there any reflections from any of those episodes that you'd like to talk about
0: sure so uh definitely uh you know top of mine would be uh, the recent episode with red zone with uh, clark woodward their ceo and that was an episode about wildfire risk and the impact of climate change and certainly uh you know i can appreciate this having um previously worked at a catastrophe modeling firm um, but I definitely learned a lot from this. I never specifically had worked on, uh, you know, marketing wildfire risk models before. Um, but it was just really interesting to hear about, you know, um, all of the trends that are happening and and really just the, the changes have been really staggering. Um, I know he cited that in the last 30 years, we've seen a doubling of the number of wildfires in the Western United States. And then on top of all of that, um, you know, we re- made a really interesting point about the growth of the Wildland Urban Interface, or the WUI, which is the area where homes and the forest intersect, And that, you know, these are homes that are greater risk of experiencing wildfires. And there's just a lot of exposure risk that has been happening there. And that's really because of the the fact that skyrocketing home prices are happening throughout California building homes in the WUI is less expensive. And so we're just seeing more and more people living there. And, you know, this trend of increased exposure growth in the WUI is just really creating more risk that insurers have to think about. And so I think all of these trends present a lot of challenges for our industry, but it's really encouraging to see the innovation that is out there when it comes to wildfire risk modeling. And, uh, you know, I'm just really excited to be able to, you know, work with these these partners and in integrating these metrics into core systems, and you know, really helping insurers be more prepared and efficient as they look to underwrite and price these homes. You know, for
1: sure, I think uh, I, I think the wildfire um, aspect of this within insurance is is so relevant today. I mean, because you, you see the news stories, you see the devastation that they cause. It seems like just more and more frequently every year. And personally. Living out out west in Salt Lake City, Utah, I I, I see that smoke in the summers, um, and it's it's a real bummer. And uh, you know, I would I would be remiss if I didn't also call out uh, maybe my new favorite acronym and WUI W I. Um, that's a fun one to say, and and we, we all know we're we are an industry that loves acronyms.
0: Oh yeah, W W I for sure. So uh, time to change it up a bit. Um, Zach, what's one question you regret not having asked one of our guests? Sure. And, you know, I, I probably not
1: necessarily a regret, but um, one that I would have loved to have gotten Ryan McMahon, again from CMT, um, would, would have loved to have gotten Ryan's take on um, just around like what, what are his thoughts on the uptake of UBI usage based insurance programs? Um, among different age ranges and demographics and generations. So, for example, could he ever foresee maybe a nearly 100% uptake in UBI programs from, from new drivers, say anyone under the age of 30? You know, would, would auto insurance ever truly be reshaped by auto telematics and UBI? Or is that still really just a pipe dream? Um, I, I would have loved to have kind of covered a little bit more of that with him how do we had more time? But maybe one day in the future.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point. Absolutely. And since uh, you know, since we spoke with them, they've gone on to acquire TrueMotion. So uh, it definitely would be exciting to hear hear his perspective, uh, given where they are and the growth ahead that they uh, that they're targeting.
1: Absolutely, exciting to see in that in that space for sure. Um, so, so back to you, Rob. What would you say is maybe one overall takeaway or theme that might have cut across multiple episodes that we've done?
0: Sure. So I would say it's both the availability of data and access to technology uh, is really at the point where the cost for carriers to test something out is much lower than it ever has been. And furthermore, on that point, I would say that it's not only the billion-dollar carriers with large IT teams that can implement these technologies, but also smaller regional carriers as well. And we heard this in the Cambridge Mobile Telematics episode, how historically, uh, telematics devices were very expensive. They were in a limited number of vehicles. Has uh, made it expensive for for carriers to, uh, you know, deploy telematics. And now that's no longer the case. Um, you know, now with the rise of, of mobile and just the, uh, you know, ubiquity of, of being able to, uh, you know, have telematics in in vehicles, it's really enhanced the ability for carriers to collect telematics data at lower costs and do things such as try before you buy programs, where a driver, even before they become a customer, they can download a mobile app drive for a bit and then receive a quote. And I I think we heard this in the gradient and I episode, Um, you know, we we asked the question explicitly, and it's, uh, you know, just interesting to hear that even if a carrier doesn't have tons of claims history data that, uh, you know, their data can definitely still be augmented with a lot of the aggregated industry level data that's available, um, and that can then be fed into claims severity prediction models. So, um, yeah, in general, I think it's it's all very exciting stuff. And, you know, on our end, from our perspective, it's just uh, it's really great to see how fast and how easy it is to integrate these solutions into the core systems. And, and I, I
1: very much agree, especially on that kind of that carrier size point you made. Um, I mean, you know, it's, it's not just those very large mega carriers who might have larger you know R and D teams and budgets to be, be to be trying and implementing these technologies, but but I think you know the industry is very much making itself available to those to those smaller carriers to um, things that are affordable and, and access to to easier data.
0: Absolutely, yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely shaping up for a very uh, competitive space and one that's ripe with a lot of innovation. So uh, we definitely would be remiss if we if we didn't talk COVID since this podcast got started. Uh, you know, well into COVID. And so, um, you know, whether we've asked about it or not, uh, the topic has definitely emerged uh, probably in almost every single episode that we've done. And so uh, I'm curious, Zach, uh, you know, from your perspective, what have we learned from our partners about the impact of COVID-19 on PNC? Sure. And um, look, I mean, from our partner speakers, uh, I I think
1: everyone seems to have shared pretty similar experiences when, when, when we all had to react to this major disruption to the world and to our lives when everything kind of shut down in the U S at least in about March of, of 2020. Um, and, and Jim Bramblett from Accenture, one of our guests on a recent episode talked some about this in in terms of that shift to working from home. But, um, you know, I think because a number of our speakers were kind of either CEOs or C level uh, members within their companies, they were often the ones that were leading their organizations into this unknown into this new way of of doing business and everyone was forced to go 100 virtual for a long time some companies are still that way today and here we are you know 18 months later Um, and and, uh, that while that came with some unique challenges it it does sound like most i think people within the insurance technology industry specifically were were well equipped enough that it did not cause too much disruption after that first couple weeks after everyone kind of got used to to doing this thing at home. Um, and I think within within the insurance carrier space specifically, um, you know, they're all going through the same thing. Um, I mean, there was this short window where everyone had to change on a dime of the workforce and, and sending a lot of people home, um, you know, maybe within larger carriers, that might have caused a little bit more disruption just due to do the sheer number of resources that that impacted. Um, but, you know, and it also might have, you will say maybe paused the selling process as you will from, from software vendors like us and, and our partners. But I think just like us, you know, the insurance industry quickly adjusted, they got back to their normal day-to-day operations and work. Um, and I mean, with anything with this pandemic and the shift in the industry, I think it's uh, really caused the need for caused a greater need for, for more modern technology systems and solutions, um, you know, have become even more critical.
0: Absolutely, and uh, yeah, it's affected everyone differently. You know, sometimes you gotta find a workaround. For me, that's been uh, recording these podcasts out of my closet, but uh, definitely very much looking forward to uh, to going back to uh, the you know forthcoming recording studio where we'll be able to do kind of more webinars and podcasts in the office. But uh, yeah, at the same time, I think, you know, folks have gotten used to the flexibility and being able to show that they're productive and so i think it'll really continue to depend on uh role specific and and carrier specific uh goals objectives and culture
1: absolutely so rob um you know we've 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 built i think a really strong foundation for the start of this conversations on the creek series uh have loved where we have come so far but tell me where might we go next with the show
0: Sure. Yeah. No. It's been really fun building up the series and, and the partner podcast segment of conversations on the creek. And I would say where we're going next, it's uh, it's continuing to explore new topics that we haven't gotten into yet. So, for instance, um, we haven't had any specific discussions with uh, with any of our partners around um, solutions that are enabling the independent agent or broker making it more more easy for them to do uh, business with with an uh, insurer. Um, we haven't hit on an insurer seated uh, reinsurance. Um, I also would love to, you know, we've, we've definitely gotten into the telematics space, uh, but I would love to speak, uh, you know, more, more broadly about IoT and other kinds of telematics and, and property. So, uh, you know, with that, I think, you know, there's a lot of innovation happening across personal, commercial, and specialty, and it's really just continuing to vary the content and, and get, uh, you know, get great guests on the show uh, who, who can highlight different trends across different lines of business. And as for the guests themselves, I think it's really just going to continue to be a blend of uh, both industry veterans, such as my former employer in Verisk, but also all uh, you know the great insurer techs that we we work with who are who are at earlier stage in the growth. And so, um, you know, we've got a great ecosystem of of insurer techs, uh, both uh, you know the folks who the companies who've been around for for a longer time, like Verisk, but you know we've also had some great companies in grading AI. Uh, you know, who just raised their series B round, uh, later stage companies in, in Bitsight who who just raised their series D and acquired cyber risk startup visible risk. And so for me, I think it's continuing to just find uh, you know the mer- most diverse set of um, you know partners and and unique voices and viewpoints and and bring this to our listeners. So uh, that is what we would be doing on the partner series on a broader level. Uh, the show, as uh, as we announced uh, in, in our recent blog posts, Conversations on the Creek, is now the Duck Creek podcast series. And there are a lot of other ducks, uh, our colleagues who are gonna be hosting episodes. Uh, I know there's interest in doing some episodes with our customers, with industry analysts, and even the folks from the HR team in recruiting are looking to uh, showcase what life is working, what life is like working at Duck Creek. And so uh, I think, uh, you know, listeners can expect a lot to come uh, the partner series, we're going to keep that going. And uh, there's going to be a lot of other great content coming and conversations on the creek in the months to come as well.
1: And I will I will speak on behalf of uh, our, our other co-hosts that have joined, as well as other um, Duck Creek members that might uh, have participated in, in some more things and, and will participate. Um, I'll, I'll speak for all of us and say this has been a phenomenal series, great foundation. Um, we've done a lot of exciting stuff. Uh, To Rob's point, we're going to continue to evolve this thing, um, bring those other unique perspectives, find great guests, and
0: continue pumping out great content. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Zach, and thank you all for tuning in today. Before we conclude today's show, I'd like to reiterate that we have a lot of great episodes planned, and we encourage you to listen to our prior episodes by subscribing to Conversations on the Creek on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Also, if there are other topics that you'd like to learn more about, or if you have feedback on the show, feel free to drop us a note at any time by emailing solution.partner at duckcreek.com. We'll see you next time.